We are not rejected. We are accepted. We are not orphaned. We are adopted. We are not unseen. We are known. We are not fearful. We are courageous. We are not deficient. We are satisfied. We are not condemned. We are forgiven. We are not uncertain. We are secure. We are not perfect. We are victorious. We are not in bondage. We are redeemed. We are not aimless. We are purposed. We are made in His image. And that redefines everything. Well, hello everyone, and uh, if you've got your Bibles today, uh, I would encourage you to get them open to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. We're going to be continuing in our series, We Are, and our focus on identity uh, during this season. And if you've got your Bibles today, like I said, uh, I'd like it if you would turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. We've been uh, talking, we're going to be talking throughout this season about identity. And what we are talking about is the answer to this question, who am I? The reality is, all of us are wrestling with the answer to that question on an ongoing basis. This morning, you woke up and your search for identity began in your heart and in your mind and in your life. Who am I? How is it that you rest secure in identity? Most of us, when we look to answer that question, we respond with our name, or we respond with whoever we work, or we respond with, I'm a dad, or um, I'm a sister, or I'm a brother, I'm a son, or we respond with uh, some form of other category that this world would like to put on us. But over and over and over, uh, what I am going to be trying to do throughout this series is to bring you back to the reality that your primary identity has always been meant to be rooted in God. It's exactly what we talked about last week, that we are created in the Imago Dei. We are created in God's image. All of us were created to find our primary identity, not in some earthly category, but in God himself. And the better question is not who we are, but whose we are that we belong to him. And over and over throughout this season, I desire week after week to just open God's word together and to really talk about these very relevant issues. Because I really believe pastorally, and I really believe because of what I know of God's word as a teacher of the Bible, that if we don't figure out this issue, then we're gonna be missing one of the greatest opportunities to really find joy and freedom satisfaction and security in our relationship with him. We are blank. And today, we're going to be filling out another piece of that identity. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, just to reinforce what I've just been saying is that all of us in God are called to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. 
You, right now, today, I'm inviting you to follow this instruction. I am inviting you to put on more of your new self, which, is being, which has been created for you in the image of God and is being renewed by Jesus. It's being renewed in your life. His image in you being renewed day by day by day as you learn more of how he's created you to live in relationship with him. So that's what we're doing today, and I hope you're really excited about it. Uh, today's blank is this. Y'all ready for it? I hope you got something to take notes this morning. Everybody, pen and paper out. Uh, I would love it if you would take notes. I have tried very hard to organize the outline for the day so that you can take notes. And uh, if you can, follow what's going on on the screen. Because what I desire every single time that I teach is not for you just to listen to me, but to really listen to God's Word. And also, not just to be a hearer, but a doer. And not just a doer, but a discipler, to transfer that word to someone else. And so I hope today that you'll take notes, because if you don't, I really believe you're going to miss the opportunity to live in light of the truth that is taught. We desire not just to hear the truth, but to be transformed in it. And to do that, I really believe you need to write notes. So today, our blank for the day is this. We are secure in Christ. We are secure in Christ. Everybody write that down. That's going to be the header over our message for today. And uh, the converse of that would be we are not insecure, all right? But we are secure in Christ. I'm so thankful for the members of our church who are in that video that you're going to see week after week of this series, and they hold those signs. And I pray that by the end of the message today that you could feel confident to hold a sign Let's just pretend, this, I'm using an analogy here, but to hold a sign up over your life that says, I am secure in Christ. But the reality is, I know this. As we get into these conversations of identity, I know that the starting place is often not security in Christ because we have all suffered uh, identity theft in some ways because of sin. The enemy came to steal and to kill and to destroy, the Bible says, and part of what the enemy came to still kill and destroy is your identity in God. Your perfect sense of security in him. This is one of the things that sin, our choice to sin and to turn away from God and the temptations and the brokenness of this world, the temptations to, to come away from God has done to us, to actually take away that sense of security. In fact, when I put up on the screen this question, have you ever felt insecure in your relationship with God? I can almost guarantee you that every single one of us would say, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is a reality of our life that we, at many points in our life, have felt completely insecure and our own relationship with God. I uh, grew up in the South. I grew up in a family that loved the Lord and that took me to church. And many people who grew up in the South, and I know that we've got many people in our church who are not from the South and who didn't grow up in church, but for me, I did. And if you grew up in church, you might know kind of what I'm going to talk about here. But um, a lot of people, when you grow up in the South, have a note in the front of their Bible of the day 
there's like blanks and you can fill in like the day and the time that you came uh, into relationship with God. It's your salvation moment. But I know growing up, and I don't know about you, I'm just speaking for me here, but that I had many, many, many so-called salvation moments in my upbringing. Um, There was only one time that I was baptized, but that feeling over and over and over and over again as I was growing up, that I continued to need to get right with God. And I would pray the prayer (laughs) inside my heart, and I would try to get right with God, and then few days later, a few weeks later, I was absolutely destroyed, it felt like, by sin. And I was left going, oh no, apparently that prayer did not stick. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody with me? Prayer didn't work. Something's gone wrong. So what do you need to do again? You need to get saved again. And you get saved, and you get saved, and you get saved, and over and over and over, you just constantly are working to try to figure out how is it that I could once and for all find security in my relationship with God? Many uh, who I have pastored, I have had many of you in my office, and I love each and every one of you. I, I know this time has been hard, but I just want to tell you once again, I love you, church. I love you so much. And when I talk from my heart about these things, I'm talking to you because I know you, and I care about you, and I love you. I know many of you have come into my office with, with brokenness over years and years of insecurity in your relationship with God. Prayer after prayer after prayer of trying to be surrendered to the Lord and trying to be saved and right with Him, but still deep down feeling that uncertainty, that that lingering question, I just don't know. I, I still just have this question, I'm just not certain, I'm not secure in whether or not I really am right with Him. I know many in our church have grown up in traditions where you have been baptized on multiple occasions. And you've come to me wondering, should you be baptized again? Because in this recent season, you've experienced something new with God that you feel like you haven't experienced in past season. Again, I think all of these things indicate to us that if we're really honest, this conversation about security and our relationship with God is really, really relevant in our everyday lives. Many of us, many of us, whether it's moment to moment or in big moments of certain seasons, but we get to these places of wondering, am I really right with him? And this is not the way that it was originally designed to be. That is a product of sin as a product of our, it's the enemy's work of stealing and killing and destroying, our walking away from God. It's a product of the brokenness in our hearts and the brokenness in this world. But I want to tell you some good news, and that is that Jesus Christ, God himself, came in flesh to make your identity right again with God, to restore what had been lost to redeem what is broken. And I have good news for you today, and that is that there is a possibility today in Jesus Christ that you can be sure that you can rest your very identity on, I am secure in Christ, in my relationship with God. And that is the very thing 
that we're going to be talking about today. Ephesians chapter 1. Y'all there? I told you to turn to Ephesians, and some of you thought, well, he just asked me to turn. Is he ever going to actually get to it? And the reality is, of course I am, because what I want to preach today is not my word, but God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says to us clearly, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is the work that God has called us to do, and we're going to be looking at it in Ephesians. The old has gone, and the new has come. Jesus has come to make us new. And what I love is that in the book of Ephesians, I think we have one of the best opportunities to really learn to rest and security in our identity in Christ. There's a phrase that I want you to write down, and I want you to write it down even before I read the passage for today from Ephesians chapter 1. And the phrase is this, in Christ. Because today is all about my teaching you to embrace your positional relationship in Christ as the basis of your security in relationship with God. We are in Christ. And that's why I included that in this phrase. We are secure, yes. But it is so important for me to teach you that really our security rests in the fact that we are in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. This phrase dominates the pages It dominates the pages of the New Testament, and it dominates the passage that we're going to be looking at today. So if you've got your Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, and if you're one who likes to mark your Bible, feel free as we get to the phrases in Christ to circle them. I'm going to have them circled as we go through the passage together, and it'll be on the screen here. Paul, an apostle of Christ, Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace with which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory." In Christ. Did you hear the phrase? 
over and over and over and over again in Christ and Him and the Beloved and Him and Christ and Him and the Beloved and Him. Very interesting. Sounds like Paul, the Holy Spirit, as Paul is writing, wants us to know something about our identity. And here is one of the most foundational pieces of our identity as Christians in Christ. And by this phrase, we mean this, a dynamic living relationship with Jesus. We're talking about a positional relationship, but we're talking about a personal relationship. In fact, what we're talking about here is exactly what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 15. Verse 5, he says this, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, do you hear it? He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. What Jesus is saying, he's looking at his disciples in the face as I'm looking at you, and he's saying, you and me and I and you, this is what it means. This personal relationship is also a positional relationship. But this is what we're talking about when we mean in Christ. We're talking about those who have repented of sin, who have acknowledged wrongdoing, confessed brokenness, and need for God, who have come to Jesus as Savior and who have said, oh, Jesus, I believe that you are God and you are the only one who can make me right. I believe you have come to do it. I believe that through your life I can have righteousness and through your death for me I can have forgiveness. And I believe by your death you have given me hope in my looming death so that by your resurrection from the grave there is newness of life. I believe Jesus. I put all of my hope in you. I want relationship with you. I want to be restored with you, God. For those who have that personal relationship, this is what we're talking about. This is what it means to be in Christ, to be united with the Savior who is Jesus. So what I want to do is walk through two basic implications of what it means to be in Christ I am speaking to those who have put their faith in Jesus, who have a personal relationship with Jesus, but there's two main implications, all right? So you're taking notes this morning. Here we go. Number one is this. Union with Christ gives us a radically new identity. Union with Christ gives us a radically new identity. Now, if you're writing, I want you to write down this. Our primary identity in Christ is not as a rejected sinner, but as a redeemed saint. Our primary identity in Christ is not as a rejected sinner, but as a redeemed saint. The basis for me teaching this is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Something staggering that Paul comes out and says right at the onset. Paul, he says, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the, what? Read it there in verse 1. To the sinners who are in Ephesus. To the worthless ones who are in Ephesus. To the terrible ones who are in Ephesus. To the rejected who are in Ephesus. No. What does he say? To the saints 
who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. To the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful to Christ Jesus. Now, my goodness. I mean, if you look at some of the religious traditions, for instance, of the Catholic tradition, and you think about what is, it, what is a saint? Typically, what you think about is, oh my goodness, this person is just so holy. This person is just so amazing. This person has been proven by their entire life of character. And like the Catholic Church will teach, even by after their death, oh, there's all these crazy, amazing, holy, supernatural. They are just other than things that makes them a saint. So few people could ever be called a saint. And yet, that is not the thinking or the language of the Bible. It's not the, the truth that is given to us by God. God looks at us as Paul looks at us, and he says, I see you, all of those who are redeemed in me by my son. I look at you, and I am saying to you, you are a saint. You are one who is holy unto God. And you go, wait, what? I mean, how many of us, let's be honest, how many of us, as we think about our relationship with God, are more likely to think about ourselves as rejected sinners? That's probably the greater temptation rather than to, to rest in security that we are redeemed saints. But the reality is, here's why. Here's why. Christ defines who we are by who he is and what he has done for us, in us, and through us. See, as Jesus defines our identity, and in this whole season, what I'm going to be doing is saying, friends, we have to rest in the identity that God gives us. And Jesus gives us a new identity. And this identity that Jesus gives us is, is about who he is and what he has done for us and in us and through us. Our primary identity is no longer our sin, but our Savior. Praise God. As we think about ourselves what we're thinking about is, is no longer, we're not thinking about ourselves according to our sin. We are thinking about ourselves according to our Savior. And He loves us. And He gave His life for us. And He has redeemed us. And by His blood, He has made us new. And He has wrapped us in garments of His righteousness. And He looks at us and He describes us as His saints, His holy ones. And I know myself well enough to know you. There are most days that I don't feel worthy. I don't feel holy. I feel eaten up by my brokenness, by my sin, by my continued struggle and rebellion in ways against God. And it is difficult on a daily basis to rest in the identity that God gives me, that I am a saint, that I am a holy one, and yet it is true. It is true. And here's why it's true. It's not true because I am a holy one in and of myself. It's true because of my union with Christ. 
He is the Holy One, and He is in me, and I am in Him, and therefore He has accepted me as His saint. He calls me His redeemed child. I am redeemed. I am a redeemed saint. And this changes everything. It radically changes my identity. But it doesn't just change my identity. Number two, it changes our security. Union with Christ gives us a radically new security. A radically new security. Again, I'm hoping that you're writing it down. This is the core of what I am desiring to teach to you today. That it changes our security. Here's what we're saying. We are secure with God by who we are in Christ. Not what we do or fail to do for Christ. Our security before God is all about our positional and personal relationship in union with Christ. We are secure, not by what we do or fail to do. Rather, we are secure because of our relationship with Christ. If you go back to Ephesians chapter 1, I want you to look at a couple of verses because so many of the things that we fret over, that we doubt, that we feel insecure about in everyday life, I really believe um, could be helped greatly if we could really understand and embrace and learn to live in light of this teaching, this identity truth. For instance, blessed be the God and Father, here in verse 3, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Uh, how many times in your relationship with God do you fret over losing the blessing, the spiritual blessings of God in Christ? Do we think that somehow those things that he has promised to us in Christ come and go on the basis of our performance? We literally, I think, on a day-to-day basis struggle with believing and receiving this reality. The reality is that every spiritual blessing has been bestowed on us already, nothing lacking. That blessing is not tied to my performance day to day. That spiritual blessing is tied to the finished work of Jesus Christ, to the worthiness of Jesus, to the the promises that he has made possible to be fulfilled. It is all tied to Jesus. So therefore, the only thing that remains, it's not what I do or don't do, it's am I in him? And if I am in him, every spiritual blessing, it says, in the heavenly places has already been promised, granted, bestowed upon me. Isn't that cool? If you go on, another verse that I want you to see is verse 7. Verse 7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Redemption, friends. Forgiveness, friends. So many times I I have myself wrestled in seasons of 
going, I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's possible for God to really redeem me. I'm just so rotten. I'm so terrible. I'm so broken. I'm caught again in this sin. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I struggle with the, the gift of forgiveness not being tied to my worthiness. I struggle with that, and it leads to deep insecurity in relationship with God. But the reality is what the Bible teaches us is that our redemption, the fullness of the promise and the working of redemption in our lives, and the gift of forgiveness, it is not tied to us at all. It is tied to him. It is tied to Jesus. And if we are in him and he is in us, there is fullness of redemption and there is fullness of forgiveness because, friends, it is not about us. It's all about him. It is not about our worthiness. It is about his grace. This is the gospel message, and oh, isn't it good? Another verse in the passage I want to call your attention to is there in verse 11. I hope you're making notes and circling some of these things because I think these are things that we often struggle with, that we feel insecure about. In him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In him we've obtained an inheritance. Thinking about the future, honestly, for many of us, it's thinking about the future that we feel very insecure future in relationship with God. What will happen in the end as we are faced with a diagnosis? I prayed with someone in our church just this past week who just got a diagnosis and is beginning a treatment for cancer. We, we see this again and again, the reality that death is real and all of us will die, and as we get into moments where we face death, the question is, do we feel insecure thinking about our death, or do we feel secure? Do you feel insecure even thinking about next year? What will happen, what God's up to, um, or do you feel secure? The reality is, God calls us to feel secure about the promises, the inheritance that we will receive. Secure, not insecure. But that security, again, is not attached to my ability uh, to do the right thing or to be holy enough or good enough or right enough uh, in myself for death or for next year to be a good planner enough, whatever those things is. No, it's all based on his promise to me in Christ. It's all based on Jesus he and me and I and him. It's all based on him. So, our union gives us an incredibly new security. We are secure with God by who we are in Christ, not what we do or fail to do for Christ. I hope you've written it down. Do you remember the words from Jesus in John chapter 19, verse 30? Y'all remember those words? John chapter 19, verse 30, from the cross, he says, tetelestai, tetelestai. In the Greek, the Aramaic, excuse me, it's in English translated for us, it is finished. I had some good friends growing up that had that phrase written on a piece of 
what looked like wood that would have been used from a cross and it hanging there on their wall in their home. It is finished. And I think about that phrase, and honestly, some of me wants to hang that over the doorway of my bedroom or something that I see it every morning when I wake up because the reality is for us who are in Christ, the work is finished, and we need to hear the words of Jesus. It is finished. And what Jesus is speaking to is everything that is needed, everything that is needed to secure for you relationship with God both now and forever is finished. He has finished the work. It's nothing that we add to the equation. It's all of who he is and what he has done, and the work is finished. Righteousness is complete by his obedience. Perfect submission to the Father. Forgiveness is complete because of his shedding of his blood, the perfect Lamb of God given for the sins of the world. Death is defeated. He is being resurrected from the grave in three days after he says that. And he knows the work is finished. He will enter into heaven as the great high priest. No priest in any earthly tabernacle ever sat down. The work was never done. Continual sacrifice for sin. But in heaven, Hebrews says that he, our great high priest, passed through, not with the blood of goats and bulls, but by his own blood, and he sat down at the right hand of God, a picture of the work being finished. And the only thing left now is for us, for us to believe, for us to receive, for us to be done with our efforts and our rebellion with God and to come to him and receive from him as a gift by who he is and what he has done to receive from him the finished work of redemption. It is finished. So, friends, here's what I'm saying. We are secured By Christ's work for us, not our work for him. We are secured by Christ's work for us, not our work for him. Now, I want to make a little list this morning. I want to list as we move toward a close and application of the truth that is being taught. Because I think this is where I have seen so many of us, including myself, struggle. Being secure with God is not. This is going to be the list, okay? Security with God is not. Okay? And we're going to list some things that it's not based on. Number one, it is not based on how you act. It is not based on how you act. Your... I don't know another way to say it other than just to be very direct. I think some of us, we waffle in and out of security and relationship with God by how we're doing on a daily basis in relationship with sin. And when we feel, when we feel like we are doing good, we feel pretty secure in Christ. And when we feel like we're not doing good, performance-wise, obedience-wise, we feel pretty insecure in Christ. But the reality is, our security in Christ is not based on what we do or don't do. Just not. It's not based on the record of our law-keeping or the record of our sin. It's based on the record of Jesus and the fact that he has removed sin from us. It is based not on how we act. Number two, being secure with God is not based on how we feel. I run into this so many times. Feelings-based security in God. I just feel this way. 
And we get so caught up in feelings. The feelings are not bad. But the reality is we have to take our feelings on a daily basis. Some of us woke up this morning and we just didn't feel right with God. And our feelings are, can run out of control. And you guys know what I'm talking about. There are these moments where you just get, we, we, we get discouraged or depressed or overwhelmed in these feelings. But we are called to take our feelings and submit them to God and to submit them to the truth of God. We take every thought captive for Christ. We take our feelings and we submit them to what is true about ourselves in Christ. So the the greatest basis of feeling secure in your identity is not your feelings. It's based on something very different. Number three, being secure with God is not based on how much you understand. It's not based on how much you understand. Some of us go, I just can't understand how God would love me. I just can't understand the fullness of this work of redemption and how it can apply for me. I just don't understand. And we think that somehow in the future, as we grow in more knowledge, maybe we can feel more secure. And I love to see people growing in knowledge. Yes, I love that. But I want to tell you, the greatest of minds, the greatest of the apostles, even Paul got to a point in Romans 11 where he got finished uh, trying to understand the redemptive work of God and his purpose. And he says, who can know the mind of the Lord? Who has given him a gift to be repaid? From him, through him, and to him are all things. He basically just throws his hands up and he says, at a certain point, it's not about me trying to figure this out. It's about me choosing to worship him because of who he is and what he's done. It's about me getting to a point of surrender and trust. It's not about how much we understand it's not how security is based, number four. It's not based on how others view you. It's not based on how others view you. I think this is so interesting because I think so many of us, our security waffles back and forth based on the opinions of other people. We, we, we find ourselves over and over and over again having doubts and insecurities come because of what other people have said to us. Maybe some of us have tapes in our head of, uh, audio tapes in our head of things we've heard. Maybe those voices have made us feel at times very secure in our relationship with God. And maybe those voices at times have made us feel incredibly doubtful about our relationship with God. And it's based on what others have said and what others think and what others feel about us. But friends, the basis of our security and relationship with God is not based on the opinions of others. The last thing on our list today that I just want to put for you is this, is also not based on earthly relationships. I have so many people and I myself have struggled many times on the basis of earthly relationships. And by this, here's what I mean we can sometimes either feel very secure or very insecure based on the fact of, well, I'm a member of a church. I attend ICC. Barrett's my pastor. Or I grew up in a Christian family. Or I'm, I, I, I used to go to church three times a week. And we start relating, thinking about our relationships with the church or a relationship with a pool of water or relationship with other Christians in our life as the basis for our security in relationship with God. And friends, i got to tell you, it is not that either. These are not the bases of our security. But let me tell you what is. Here it is. Being secure with God is based on relationship with Jesus and his finished work for us. 
Being secure with God is based on his, our relationship with Jesus and his finished work for us. I want to just take you back to that phrase, it is finished. And that is what Ephesians speaks to us. It's all about being in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. It's not about our feelings. It's not about our actions. It's not about our worthiness. It's not about our understanding. It's not about others' opinions. It's not about whether we're in this church or that church. It is about are we in Christ? And friends, I got to tell you this. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you are in a relationship with him, you are secure with God. I put up on the screen this. The basis of our security is not ourselves, but Christ. It is not ourselves, but Christ. And that means this on a daily basis. The focus of our security in relationship with God is not ourselves, but Christ. How we have to get up every day and focus ourselves and our identity with him, our security with him, has got to be, we've got to learn on a daily basis to wake up and look away from self and look to Jesus. We've got to look away from self and look to Jesus because, friends, you will never find security by looking at self because there is nothing that you could ever do or feel or understand or that others could say about you, no church you could ever be a part of that is actually going to give you security in relationship with God. The only security that we have in our relationship with God is the security of knowing that we are in relationship with a Savior who has finished a work for us. And by his grace, he gives and gives and gives what he has secured for us in the work that he has done. Jesus secures us in three ways, in our past, our present, and our future. As we transition to a close this morning, I just want to speak real quick because this is the moment of application. Jesus secures us in our past, our present, and in our future. We describe these three ways that Jesus secures us as for our past, justification, for our present, sanctification, and for our future, glorification. Jesus saves and Jesus secures. In the past, we have put our faith in him, and at the moment that we believe, he secures us forever in relationship with God. There is never a need ever again to be re-justified before God. You don't have to constantly be re-justified before God because once and for all, Jesus has finished the work and once and for all, the moment that you repent of sin and believe in him, put your trust in him, he imputes to you perfect righteousness. His record of obedience counts for you and all of your sin he forgives and takes away and he makes you right forever with God. It is our faith, our union with him by faith, that secures us, that secures us in relationship with God. Our union with Jesus secures us in relationship with God. That is in the past. Today, 
We are secure because he is at work sanctifying us. That is in the present. He is at work by his Holy Spirit in us day by day by day. He is working in us and even testifying by his Spirit in us that we are his sons and daughters, Romans 8 says, crying out from our spirits that we belong to him, the Holy Spirit given to us as a deposit for that which is coming in the future. We have a testimony today, today in the present of his security by his working in us. It's not us, but him that wills and works for his pleasure. And friends, in the future, we are secure. Because the future doesn't depend on our ability to make ourselves right. It depends on his ability and his promise that he will make everything right. We will hear a day that he says, behold, I am making all things new. There will come a day that we will realize that our faith has been made sight. The future is secure. And that allows us not to try to escape in moments of suffering. Many of us, when we feel insecure, we just escape. It's all we know to do. But rather, when we feel secure in relationship with God, we can trust and submit in all times and in all ways because he has promised there's coming a day that he will make all things new. Friends, past, present, and future. My security in relationship with God is based on my positional and personal relationship in Christ. So I hope today that you can rest, and I hope tomorrow that you can rest, and I hope Tuesday that you can rest, and this week, and this month, and this year, and for years to come, that one of the key statements of your understanding of your God-given identity is this. We are secure in Christ. We are secure. Today, I am secure. But remember the attachment. The security comes because of us being in Christ.